morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Brian Cast. With you, as always, is Brian Letterman, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Uh, today is Brian Letterman's 40th birthday. Uh, some friends are going to be joining us here on the the Zoom network. Uh, Brian passed away in 2013. Uh, he was a great friend of mine, a great friend of many. Uh, really nice guy who just left life way too early. I think about him all the time. I think about him when I shave. I think about him when I listen to the Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, there's not a moment that doesn't pass where I'm not thinking about his presence, you know, and like who he was, you know, and it's just tough, you know, like sometimes to, <laughs> to realize that he's gone, you know, and we're 40 now and it's like, well, I'm going to be 41 in a few weeks. It's, it's hard to believe that he was younger than me because he always seemed like my older brother, you know, I looked to him for advice. I looked to him for um, inspiration, you know, like he, he just had this life force and I was on his Facebook earlier today and I was looking at a bunch of pictures and I kept thinking to myself, he missed out on some, some cool stuff, but I, you know, I mean, he never met my son. He never met many of our children, you know, who were listening to this podcast. And I think he would have been a great dad. I was thinking about that on my walk today, how he, you know, he didn't really have the best uh, home life growing up. You know, uh, it's tough when you, your parents divorce and stuff like that. And, you know, things can get messed up. And I knew it always bothered him. And I know that um, as he got older, I could just totally see him being Letterman, the family man, you know. And um, I was thinking also, too, like, uh, I can't remember where I met him. I can't remember the first place I ever met him. You know, it's, uh, it's weird to think about. But I was going back in my mind over early memories. And um, there was this place in the Plymouth Mini Mall called the Supercade, right? The Supercade was an arcade on the second floor, which is what I believe Bertucci's is now. Yeah, definitely. And this was like the Facebook, Instagram, hodgepodge central of everything that mattered in life. People congregated there to play video games, to escape reality. We escape into our phones every minute that we're bored. If there's a commercial on television, we're dipping into our cell phones at any moment. Uh, the arcade was a place to go and do that. Coincidentally, it was also a place to go smoke cigarettes. We all smoked cigarettes back then. I no longer smoke, but I do remember that there was just cigarette butts everywhere on the floor, you know, just stamped out. And this one time I was there, and I'm not really sure. I think that Brian might have like left school once, and I think that Brian came back to Colonial School District at one point, but there was this brief period where he was gone, and I hadn't seen him in a while, you know? And... um I, I have this distinctive memory of him standing uh, in front of Street Fighter 2. And he had this, like, here's my hair is real long, right? So Letterman's hair, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. I'm just basically combing all my hair over my head and just dipping it down. This side was all shaved. And, you know, the crazy thing about it, man, it was just, he, even at an early age, this is like 1993, my parents still made me cut my hair, uh, a, a major source of uh, discomfort for me. I remember um, I was making headway with this girl and I really liked a lot. And my, I, f I felt confident because of my hair. And then my parents cut my hair and then I had no game with her at all. Like it just went out the window because I looked like an idiot because my brain is way too big inside this head. Letterman had awesome hair. And it's funny to talk about that too in hindsight because it's like he later in life, he lost his hair and then, you know, he was always shaving. He was always doing something along the lines to uh, to get himself um, 
back to where he was with his hair, you know? And like when he lost his hair, you know, I could tell it really upset him. But that time in the Super K when I saw him, his hair was way over like that. Um, he had like on the, the, the raver, like fatigue, you know? And look, here's Steve Brandstorfer joining us right now. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up? Are we bobcasting this? We're bobcasting right now. You know, some people are going to be coming in a little bit late, but I figured I might as well just start talking. Uh, first off, good to see you too in real life. Uh, yeah, you, real life. Your beard looks really uh, like you look like a writer with that beard. You look like you've hey. been, yeah, you look like you've been like down like you know like uh, the long docks in the Atlantic Ocean, getting ready to come back <laughs> in and write a novel. Fighting a whale. How you doing, little guy? You say hi. I think I was at your birthday party long, long time ago. Yeah. This is Ellis. Hi, Ellis. How old are you, Ellis? Do you know? I'm, how old are you? He turned, okay. he turned three in November. Oh, that's cool. It's cool to be three. Okay, I remember when I was three. Our buddy turned 40 years old today. And uh, turning 40 is not as fun as being three. I can tell you that without a doubt. Um, Steve, um, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about. And, you know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, like, the legacy of Brian Letterman. Obviously, he's 40 years old today. And, you know, he passed away at the age of 32, which is just insane. In the year 2013, I was just talking about one of the first times I saw him at the Supercade in the early 90s. And he had, like, such style and his hair was on point. And then it was kind of like, I was thinking about like how it was like so devastating for him when he lost his hair. Do you remember that? You know, I knew Letterman when I was really young, like first, second grade, because he was really good friends with the McCleary's, mm -hmm. like Ryan and Jeff. And then we weren't friends. I mean, we knew each other, but weren't like close, I guess, until after high school. Because when I moved into Center City with Dom, we reconnected and that's when we got so i didn't really know him from like when everyone really knew him well from like sixth grade through the end of high school so you were you were privy though to his hair loss you were right there in that well like, i guess i was there but i didn't i wasn't close with him to the to know that, yeah at that time when he was telling me about how bummed he was about his hair oh man yeah. you know because when we started hanging out again in like 2005 i want to say yeah he was already bald yeah but you know i mean he really he really made it look good too because like in the later years i mean like even at his uh his wake service i remember i couldn't believe like coming across like his beard shaving station you know and like there must oh, have been yeah, eight was... nine different types of devices they were all plugged in ready to go and he i firmly bad. believe that each night he would use all of those things you know what i mean it wasn't a moment where he wasn't you know, uh, and like I was just saying at the beginning of the show, like anytime I shave at all, I'm always thinking of him. It's like this thing. Because <laughs> uh, he, he was dating Cassie Thomas in the year 1999. And I think that that was the first time anybody I knew lived in a house on their own that wasn't like some room and country or something like that. He had a, his own a space. house. That and we had some great times there, man. You know, uh, and that's the beginning of beard trimming for me was in that house with him. He brought me into the bathroom and was like, I'm going to take care of you, Bob, because I had no clue what I was doing. And he taught me how to like to do the line, <laughs> the chin strap line. He definitely and gave me fades in the back. That was, that feels like it was a million years ago. It was his, one of his life goals was to open like a faded Kings type barbershop thing. And the funny thing is now that's everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. You know, years ago, I mean, there wasn't really, men weren't really going out to barbers all the time to get the, what's it called? The, I don't know, where you shave on the sides, you know, the long hair. You got to yeah. upkeep it. Letterman would have been perfect at that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like I was saying, too. Music. He would have had a great barbershop. He would have been a great dad, too, man. You know, like, think about, like, our kids, you know what I mean? Like, he, he just wanted that family life so bad. And, like, he always told me his friends were an extension of his family. And, like, that really hit me, you know what I mean? Like, later in life, it was just, like, oh, there's some friends that you keep and there's some friends you don't, you know? And I know Letterman would have been somebody that, I, like, I just continued um, to talk to. And it's. Oh, yeah, for sure. I still talk to him. You know what I mean? Like every now and then he'll pop into like my vernacular, like something will remind me of him, you know? And I'll be like, is he here? You know what I mean? Like, cause to be quite honest, I mean, it's, it's years later and I could be completely candid with it. Like I was with Brian two weeks before he passed when James Gandolfini died and him and I sat at the boathouse in country Hawk and, and had a deep conversation about the afterlife and oh, wow. what it would be like to get there and to be greeted by James Gandolfini. <laughs> I, I never forget it because it's like two weeks later he was with Jim or you know in his who knows what happens but I mean like I just think back I just you know I'm, I'm really happy that the last time I saw him I got a chance to say I love you and I gave him a hug you know and that was it I, I feel like I was never really able to pin down exactly what Letterman thought about the afterlife and spiritual things I felt like we would have conversations and sometimes he would surprise me with his level of spiritualism. And then other times when other people would be talking about their spiritualism, I'd get like a psych, like a sarcastic side glance from him, And he'd be like, we'd share an unspoken joke about it. You know what I mean? So I yeah. never really knew. He was really good at that, that um, uh, unspoken joke look, you know what I mean? Like just the, the glance yeah. over. I don't know if that's a Philly thing or something like that, but like, about our friends we could always just read each other but yeah he oh was- yeah yeah i mean i always think about like uh rick denton was always very good at that uh, oh my god denton was so great i still tell denton all the time how much I, I love him i don't see denton much anymore just because he moved kind of far away and where's he in levittown somewhere around there but over the summer i was thinking of uh denton because denton and brian and i would go to valley green a lot and uh there's this one time that was just a special trip between us and i text him like always think of you and he said back to me, I always think of you and Letterman and, you know, we were, we were tight, you know what I mean? And that, that 99, 2000 era, that house, like, it's like, we all didn't like go away to like a big fraternity at Penn state or something like that. And like, we yeah. had this place, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's what I was going to say. It was like, I graduated high school and I feel like Letterman had long hair and big thick glasses. And then I, I, I got back from college and he had a shaved head and a beard and no glasses. And I was like, Oh damn. Yeah, man. You know what the thing is crazy too. His his hair was beautiful. I will say it again here on the show. I Um, yeah, I I remember some old photos of like this blonde like quaff. Quaff, dude. He had the wave going. He had the nine hundred two one zero look before. You know what I mean? He was just on top of it. You know what I mean? And he was a good looking dude. You know what I mean? Like um, he always did good with the ladies. He was good with the ladies. And you know what? The one thing I always I observed about him is that he never had. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. But I mean, from my standpoint. He would always maintain relationships with his exes, you know. Oh he yeah, never no, bad blood, and it was always like a friendly type. He always, he always just seemed like he was always there for them too. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not common, you know. Yeah, no, he was a very very loyal friend. I mean, me and him would definitely butt heads about all kinds of things and end nights on not great terms from time to time. But he was very loyal and 
you know, we, we've always, I mean, I'm sort of that way too. Like I'm, I'm quick to make up with people too. So we always came back to each other pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm not good at, uh, holding grudges. Um, yeah. it's not fun thing to do in life. You know what I mean? It's the one thing too. It's like, you know, Letterman really, really loved life. And that was the hard part is when he passed away. It's just knowing that, you know, like he, he had such a zest for things. Like when he like, like bit into like a cheeseburger and there was a good taste and he like let out that, mm, you knew it was really a good cheeseburger. You know, yeah, he didn't even really like food that much. <laughs> he, you know, that's funny you say that because he ate like a bird kind of, you know, I, I, I remember he really liked, there's this place and it's still there in the Plymouth Mini Mall. He loved um, Sarku, Japan, the, um, the stir fry. Oh yeah. Cause him and I worked at Ritz camera together, which still 21 years later is still my favorite job ever. And, uh, it was such a, story. Got me the job there at Ritz, by the way. And I remember he sat me down and he was like, he's like, you know, man, I'm really gonna put myself out there for you. You think you could do this, Bob? <laughs> like, I remember thinking like, this is a big deal. I'm getting a job five days a week. And, um, we had so much fun then. I have so many Polaroids of him and I just goofing off just burning through film. So how'd you end up at the, at the camera spot in uh, the Boscovs? Well, that is Ritz camera. That was Ritz camera too, you know? And uh, oh, no. I just never said Ritz camera. So we were like the sister operation down, down the way. Now I think enough is that's long been gone, but now they, they, um, um, they now have like a, as seen on TV section there, but they never got rid of the chemical spill that, I did in the year 2000. I was pouring the the fixer into the top of the machine. It just I don't know what happened. Went everywhere, all over the rug. It's still there. If you want to see me nice. <laughs> in Plymouth meeting, you know what I mean. I was like Bob. Oh, me too, man. You know what? It hasn't changed at all, which is insane. They got good stuff. But um, another thing too about uh, Letterman that you know I wish that I had a chance. I mean, my first band ever was Delta Nine. He was a guitar player. And that he was like the lead guitar player and I was the rhythm guitar player. And like towards, you know, the late uh, 2010s, him and I were really actively trying to like start something together again. Because he loved pop, he loved, you know, all sorts of music, you know, and he was very um, musical. And I know he has like a, he had a drum machine in his room. I wonder if he was making beats at that time. What do you remember of his uh, love for the music and the arts? Well, I mean, Ryan and me shared a love of hip hop, but he always had, I was always a little more blowing in the wind. This is popular, this is this. Um, and he, I think had a very foundational sort of knowledge of hip hop that I didn't have. So he was always kind of teaching me stuff about hip hop. Um, we never really shared anything in terms of like, playing together because i only really beatbox you know so I, I was never in a band I mean, I never I you were like a really good you are a really good beatboxer i remember now that's been like 20 years yeah you know so when these guys were little we used to i used to beatbox for them all the time them to sleep but now I, I don't really do it anymore um so yeah we always shared that um you know we would have debates about top 10 hip-hop producers of all time and stuff like that but he he had such like a um you know, if, if you wanted to know, if he had, was talking about like an African Bombada record or something, you'd be like, oh, no, no, that was 88, that wasn't 87. And I just don't, I never knew things in the music world to that like specificity. You know what I mean? He was just, 
that I feel like old old hip hop and new hip hop that he liked. I remember he was really into like riff raff and all that. Oh my god, riff raff! It was very in his soul, you know. No, it was in his soul. Like one of the last things he told me was riff raff. He he was like, I love this guy, riff raff. Oh no, you know he, he the last thing he he told me to listen to was can't play because it'll flag it or whatever. But it's uh. Strictly for my Jeeps by Action Bronson. And oh, yeah. He liked that whole crew. Hi, Dom. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay. We were just talking about uh, how the, one of the last things that Letterman uh, showed me was Action Bronson's music because he was... Brian was such a hip-hop underground type dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, he loved the music so much and he had such vast knowledge of it. Um, I remember... Um, when he passed, you know, um, I, you know, it was just a difficult thing, but I knew he meant a lot to you. I, um, I remember like when we were at his house and, you know, it was just a terrible time. And like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, you know, it's kind of, it's sad that he never got a chance to meet all of our kids, you know, because I think he would have been a great dad. Um, what do you, what do you recall of him on his 40th birthday? Are you speaking to me? To you, Dom, yeah. Oh, my God, it's hard to. Hi, Julia. Um, his humor. I there's nothing like his humor. Um, he always seemed to know how to make people, you know, laugh even if you're like in a bad mood or yeah. Um, and like he was just silly. You know, it's hard to find people who like can just be silly. He put a lot of effort and into like, it. Yeah, joke, like he, yeah, a lot of effort, you know, where he would run around the whole block just so he could walk towards you and pretend that he was just like never next to you. <laughs> you know, like he would, he would go through some, I don't know, some e real efforts to just make you smile. He, you know, there's not many people that do that either. He, he really had that thing about it. For me, I, you know, in all honesty, for me, the thing that I, I miss the most about him is like, you know, I, I'm a musician, I'm an artist, and, you know, it, it's hard sometimes, you know, especially when you were younger. Now I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a dad, and it's, it, when you're a dad, it, you know, you have to put these types of things aside. But when you're young, you don't really have anybody to, like, give you feedback that's, like, proper, you know. And, like, I was always really self-conscious about stuff, you know, about, you know, my band, Downtown Harvest, all these different things. And one of the last things Letterman said to me, he was like, he's like, you are talented, Bob. You are, like, he took time to pull me aside recognize that i was having anxiety and just be like no you're doing the right thing you know and like yeah like he's said, very he, tuned to the people very tuned to their emotions their feelings and that's what him and i that's what i missed the most about him it was just like he like i could have a conversation with him without any words you know like just mm -hmm. just looking at him like you, know, like you were saying steve like it was just you know that that look you know what i mean like and i miss it you know i miss it and it's like I I hope to see him again one day. You know what I mean? Like it would be sweet. I'd have so much stuff to talk to him about. You know, and like I also wonder sometimes, like you know, he left at, at a time in like you know the world where in the world was kind of in an okay place, I guess. You know, and then slowly and surely things start to fall apart. And I was, you know, he always had something to say as far as like uh, social commentary. With that being said, I want to welcome to the show, Jules. How are you, Jules? Hi. Look there he is. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> First tea cap. Let it be. Oh yeah, we have we have yeah. Hold on. 
I don't know. I haven't seen the sea captain painting of him in a while. Yeah, where is the sea captain one? You guys have the sea captain one? Oh, I don't, we don't have the original. I don't know. Someone from the 12 Steps world has the original, I'm sure. Oh, man. I would love to know who had that thing. I, I remember seeing something online, like somebody was trying to buy the prints or something like that. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, we it was could a really cool pick. Really cool pick. Out of it. I could um, take a high res photo of it and email it to you. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to say it. He also oh, yeah. loved cars. Oh, yeah, his knowledge of cars is crazy. You know, and like he did all, there it is right there. Hold on one sec. Let me uh, pull you in. Yeah, it's so cool. Steve, start talking so I can put you into the uh, speaker view. Um, there you go. Wanna, so one time with Letterman, we went to a bachelor party in North Carolina, and there was something wrong with his car where at any moment it could seize up and flip over. <laughs> Uh, I remember it. <laughs> yeah. And he drove down there, and then the next morning, he showed up late, like a day or two late to this yeah. like four day bachelor party. And I had to, we had, instead of like going fishing, me and him went to some auto parts thing, and he fixed his car for like two hours. And then I ended up driving back with him early in case his car flipped over. Um, and honestly, I probably had more fun doing that than I would have gone. I know, right? There's so many moments like that where he's like, listen, uh, I need you to come over real quick because <laughs> my car may explode at any moment. And he was saying it in such a calm way, too, where I'd be like, okay, I'll be here. Like one time we were in a CR, CR2, Honda CR2. He had this little small hatchback car, and he took me behind Ikea before it was there. And he must have went like 88 miles per hour, pulled the e-brake, and we did like six spins. And I remember looking at him when we were spinning, and he was just like, <laughs> just calm you know calm as a hindu cow that's what he used to say anymore. <laughs> jules uh i want to give you a chance to talk to uh how do you remember mr brian letterman well one time uh speaking of cars you know flipping and spinning in the middle of the road we were driving home from a party and he you know i guess i was drunk and so he was like let me drive your car so we drove my car we stopped at like a taco bell uh out like near conchahawken or something and <clears throat> pulled out and a car just totally sidelined us like took off the the front of my car and we just spun around in the middle of the road and stopped and looked at each other and laughed and kept driving <laughs> and we were like well we're alive and it's the middle of the night thank god no one's around now we're leaving oh and then he now we're gonna eat our tacos you know he was so he was like well uh you know i'll get your car fixed and you can take my car which was that like pretty amazing like black manual what was it i was a honda it became tj's car and then tj's not here so i could talk shit but i mean tj didn't know how to drive that car as well as letterman it was a honda <laughs> civic that was lowered to the ground that had blue lights like remember oh, the, yeah you know, those guys in their civics yeah. did you um, take that car jules yeah so i had it for a while and mine was a stick but i think his was just like more sensitive than mine and I ended up uh, like totally ruining his gear shaft. <laughs> then he sold it to TJ. <laughs> uh, 
and I was like, well, you know, like, I think I was totally a fucking dick about it. I was like, you know, it's, that's just how it goes or whatever. And then he graciously and quietly took it back and I'm sure I had to repair it on his own without any of my bitch ass help. And uh, then sold it to TJ, I guess. I'm sorry, T. I'm so sorry, man. Um, yeah, he did. He definitely had that moment, that maverick, like, uh, action hero. Like, he was like a, he just, I never saw him, like, nervous. One time, actually, though, he had a, a Dodge Avenger in 1997. 1997, because, yes, he's a year younger than me, I think, right? So, it was a green uh, Dodge Avenger, like, uh, caramel, like, seats, you know, brand new car, a sound system, listening to the Triumph by the Wu-Tang Clan. And we'd always go down to Valley Green to go to Devil's Pool. And this one time we're like swimming at Devil's Pool and like he, these kids were there with us and we're, you know, how you have to jump off the rock and then come back around and get your stuff. Well, we jump off the rock and then Letterman looks at me and he's like, I think they just took my keys. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he just gets up. We, we go up there. Sure enough, his keys to his car are missing. And then we have to walk from Devil's Pool all the way back to the inn. And then we get there, car's gone, stolen. And he wow. just turns to me and he just looks at me and he goes, told you so. <laughs> and I was like, are you uh, going to call the cops? And he's like, oh, I will. I will. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, well, it's nice to talk to somebody about this stuff because I'm like re remembering this now. It's like, I haven't thought of this in so long, his calming presence on people, you know? He definitely had that. Yeah. My favorite times with him were just like, driving in the car listening to music and that like yeah his shuffle. That, he, that shuffle uh, he had <laughs> i think of that all the time there are not that many i don't know men who dance with you in the car yeah he was a good dancer too you know and he had that yeah he was he just had that vibe you know what i mean like he he had that uh, that rhythm that was like you know he he was good he was the first person to play like I never played bass guitar in fact the bass guitar that I play that I've had since two thousand wasn't mine it was Brian's and him and Rick Denton stole it out of a car <laughs> and years later they told me that they're like yeah you know that bass that you're always upset that you never gave back to Letterman Letterman stole that bass. <laughs> You know, when you're a kid, you do dumb stuff. I'm sure, you know, he 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 repents for it now. But I mean, well, he never, I, he never sure said anything to me about it. the bass. He never said, Bob, I need it back, you know? Because yeah. he stole it. I wish I could have seen him steal it. Because even when he does things like that, it's like so funny and slick. Like he probably like kicked his heel up. Did that little thing he does when he like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. His heel. Yeah, I love when he kicks up his heel. Um, yeah. He's funny. And he's like crazy talented, like secret talented. Crazy talented. Yeah. I mean, all like, of a sudden, like he'd be reciting like, like Baroque romanticism poetry to me. Yeah. I'd be like, what, dude? Right. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. So much behind the scenes he wouldn't talk about. I know. He also, too, was kind of like Wiki before Wiki, Wikipedia. Like he knew so much about stuff before. Like the internet wasn't in our lives as kids. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't look up like what happened to Casey Anthony in the year 2000, you know what I mean? It just didn't happen, you know? And like, he always had these like little nuggets. I'm always looking up Casey Anthony now. I'm just like, thank God for the okay, internet. Of all the examples, 
I don't know why I chose her. Maybe I saw him. I just need my Casey Anthony information <laughs> on the reg. He uh, also was like into electronics. Like he was like, oh, I can fix that for you. No problem. Oh, yeah. you know? And he'd be oh, yeah. soldering something, you know, with like no mask on. Yeah, he had like an electrical engineer mind for sure. Yeah. He had so many different minds. And, you know, it, you know, on the 40th birthday, it's like, uh, I remember when I turned 40, I was like, oh, okay, you know, but it's just another birthday really. But for him, you know, I just wanted to do something different than just posting a picture on Facebook, you know, because it's like, I think about him a lot. You know what I mean? Like there probably isn't a week that goes by that he doesn't pop into my head, you know? Yeah. And it's sad because it's like, he's just, you know, it's, it just shouldn't have happened. And it's like, for me, it'll always be that great moment in time where like, I completely came to the realization of just how fragile life is and how quickly it can go, you know? And like how badly I wanted the command Z function to work in real life, you know? You ever do that? Like as a, oh, yeah. like you're like, oh shit, I should control Z this. And you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't work. That usually <laughs> happens with like a messy house or like I, <laughs> I rearrange something and I'm like, Apple Z? <laughs> I know, man. So if I could Apple Z anything, I you know I'd bring him back for his birthday and you know, hang with him. For it was really I when someone dies, like you know the whole funeral, seeing the person or the casket, like you know sometimes I have mixed feelings about it. But I because we didn't even really get see. to see him or any evidence like of his, like it was so. <laughs> I feel really disconnected to like, it just felt like, did he, is he still out there? Like, it just feels so, I don't know. It was very jarring. Yeah. Like, one of the most jarring things for me was, I mean, you know, when he passed, we, there was no funeral. So, you know, I was like, I got to do something right. for this guy. He meant so much to me. So we did this thing where like we, we went to Valley Green. It was a super hot day. And like, I dug a hole in the ground and we all brought stuff, which would be memories memories of Brian Letterman that we wanted to like put to rest. So that way we could have some type of closure. And, um, you know, it was a really special treat to us as kids. Cause that's where we would go to, to get high, you know, full disclosure here on the Bobcast. And, um, we spent a lot of time back there talking about our lives, talking about like what the future would be. And, you know, he loved it there. And one time, uh, I went there with him to take like, uh, uh, couples pictures. You know how people do that now? They're like, I'm going to get a photographer. I'm going to get a couple pictures of me and my lady and make it look good. Well, I use like a 35 millimeter with him and Cassie went out there and I, I was thinking of a place and then like, I, I just looked at the picture and he's standing there in the tree. I'm like, this is now going to be the bee tree. And then a couple of years ago, it got hit by lightning or something happened and the bee tree cracked in half and it's still there, but it's like in pieces, but his sign is still there in the middle. And the crazy thing about it is like, I, you know, on Instagram, like, or whatever, like, people that I that don't know that I know Letterman will pose for pictures with the bee behind them and I used to like oh. write to them but now I just like there he is hi Brian you know oh, that's cool so it's kind of cool you know what I mean like and I think about him when I go there you know I in the summertime I was going there every day and I would say hi to him each morning hi Brian good morning how are you you know what I mean like when you're a kid and you're growing up you don't ever think that somebody you love is going to leave you early in life you know and it's like it's important to tell your friends all the time that you love them and like that's one thing he was really good at was letting you know that he loved you you know yeah and, um i miss that vibe you know tremendously sometimes and um i just wish that uh you know we could have that type of closure because I, I do feel very similar that like he's still out there you know like he's somewhere you know like it's weird 
Yeah. But it kind of just like felt like he ghosted away. Yeah. You know, and he would ghost in real life all the time. Yeah, yes, exactly. he would. He was good at that. Nice, he was nice also good man. at showing up like three, four hours late. <laughs> you remember? Oh, yeah, but yeah. when he'd show up, he'd have such a way of entering where it didn't matter as much. You were just like, oh, yeah. Ryan's I figured here. my being late was really a tribute to him. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Actually, everybody was late today, so it's all good. You know. What yeah, I mean? really, there's a lot of tributes today. Um, I sort of thought, really, this was scheduled for twelve, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Really, wouldn't have three o'clock. That it's a difficult really place. Sundays are tough. For another two or three hours. Sundays well, are tough. I, uh, I do think one thing that I hold really dearly is his Spotify account, which was never touched which I feel like a lot of things like his Facebook was blown up and all that stuff. And that was really upsetting. But I was like, but no one knows about his Spotify and that there's like, Jared Murray. Hey. Jared? Jared? Yeah. How you doing, Jared? All right. How's everybody? Good. Um, we're here talking about Brian Letterman. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, before, before I'm going to let you talk, Jared, I want to know one more thing, Dom. So wait, he has a Spotify account that's never been touched. It's, yeah, no, you can still listen to his, like, selections. Oh, my God. Can you send me that information so I could have Yeah, I haven't been on in a while, so I hope, yes, I will absolutely do That's that. awesome. Uh, sometimes I call once I call 1-610-864-CHAD uh, just to see if he picks up. And there, <laughs> the last time I called, some lady picked up. She's like, hello? And I'm like, is Brian there? <laughs> and she's like, no, and hung up. So I encourage everybody who's listening to it, Call 610-864-CHAD and give props to Brian Letterman on his 40th birthday. Jared, um, what do you remember of Mr. Brian Letterman? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I uh, just call, just chime in to say, to say hey to you all and, and uh, um, say what's up. I couldn't believe it when I saw the email that Brian was going to be 40 today. Um, what I remember about Brian is how happy he made everybody that he was around. He was the funniest dude. And he had a way of communicating his own sense of humor that was self-deprecating and you wanted to laugh along with him even if his joke was terrible or something like that. He had a way of just sort of making making people want to laugh with him. So that's what I think about when I think about Brian. God, yeah, you are so right on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. This one memory I have is such, it's such a unique memory. I'm going to talk fast because we only have about uh, nine minutes and 22 seconds left because I refuse to pay for any corporate subscriptions anymore. Except <laughs> for Spotify. <laughs> Um, well, okay, so we love the Roots, right? The Roots crew from Philadelphia, the 215s of the 610. So we were all over this stuff. Two white boys just loving hip hop, right? Things Fall Apart comes out. We listen to this album all the time. We can't wait to go see the Roots. We can't wait to get there so much that we buy the tickets in advance with Lee Tob. Lee Tob's in this equation. What up, Lee? Uh, we get the tickets. We go down to the University of Penn to see an outdoor concert. They wrap the show. Everything's great. And I say to Letterman, let's go meet the band. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So Letterman, Tob, and myself walk to the exit. And then we get to the back. And sure as shit, here comes the band. Quest Love's coming my way. Black Thought's coming my way, right? I shake Black Thought's hand. What up? What up? You know, my hardest voice. Letterman <laughs> puts his hand out, shakes his hand. And I swear this is true. Black Thought then turns his thought to me, looks right dead in my eyes and says, Motherfucker looks like Bud Bundy. Letterman turns to me. Letterman looks at me like this. <laughs> With them eyes of like being like, save me, Bob, save me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know what? 
is a great moment in time, you know? There's no internet, no phones, you know what I mean? Like, no way to take a picture of this moment because it just happened like that, you know? And, like, um, I'm glad I, I have all this. Stuck with him. I feel like he really love-hated that story. <laughs> he, you know what? <laughs> he, he really... You know, I mean, like he, but Black Thought stopped to acknowledge Letterman. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? But plus, Letterman also was really cute back in the mid, like you know, nineties. You know what I mean? He had that Bud Bundy vibe all the way. I myself yeah. think Letterman's way more attractive than Bud Bundy. He did have that haircut pretty hard, though. <laughs> he did have that quaff, man. You know, and he had some sort of gel. I remember he would like, he'd be in that mirror just like perfecting that thing. Oh, you know, like Priestley. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, he'd talk about his lines, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he taught me how to do that, you know? Like, he, he shaved me. I don't think I've ever had another man shave me, <laughs> like, ever. And uh, I just think that, you know, in a distant, like, another alternate reality somewhere, he owns his own, like, barbershop, and he plays nothing but hip-hop in there. And he is, like, you know, just, he charges astronomical amounts of money because he's the only one that can get the fade correct. Are you with and me on that, people? In the middle of your haircut and go in the back and take a nap on like a <laughs> toilet paper. And they'll be like, Where I'm where's the rest of my haircut? And they'll look at that like I just wanted to be there. rested before I came back. <laughs> <laughs> but, there was uh, a lot of reasons that Brian was was always late to places, but the actual primary reason was that he was working on his on his on his hair. One hundred percent. You think he was working all that time? Because I remember one time he was like two and a half hours late to something. I'm like, where you been? One time? <laughs> yeah. All the time? It was probably one time when it affected me dearly. You know what I mean? Well, like I, I had something. Have you ever caught him in the act of lying? Oh yeah. I mean, we were we were going yeah. to um, get on the bus to go to New York City to watch you play, Bob. And people, he was driving up to Country, and I was with him, and. When we had to be there at nine, he left the city at nine, because I feel like he had this th this issue where if he had to be somewhere, he assumed he could leave his house, and that made him there, and he just <laughs> completely discounted the fact that you need time to travel, and people would call him and be like, Letterman, where are you? And he'd say, he'd say like, oh, I'm, I'm getting off 76 right now, but when we're getting on it, yeah. and he made the bus stay. And I guess you guys got off like maybe 25 minutes late. And I walked on the bus first and everyone booed me. And I was like, fuck you. I remember this. I remember this well. And um, I felt so bad for you. You came in. So I, got to, I got to hear him lie at least five times about where he was and what he was doing. You came in carrying a brown paper bag. You had your, your drinks like this. And you came on, it was boo and scream. Boo, everyone booed me. Letterman like slyly walks in and just sticks into the first seat. Yeah, I like to be on time. For I am, I'm punctual, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that he took his time when he was here. Yeah. He did, you know, and- um, He wasn't on anybody else's time. Exactly. Yeah. He was good at staying late. more time with him. You know, I wish we, um, it's funny you bring up that Spotify thing because it's like I also go on his Instagram every now and then like I'll see his picture and like it's a weird sense of reality too like because like everything in our lives right now is you know dedicated towards this and it's like this like avatar reality of like my Facebook and my Instagram my Instagram is the more artistic one my Facebook one is the conservative friends that I don't want them to really know how crazy I am 
and my, you know, like Letterman sometimes like, I, I feel like I could contact him in that world. It's, it's weird, man. It's just a weird thing. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean like a full disclosure, a couple years ago, uh, I got into a sensory deprivation tank and, uh, I was on the influence of like some, some edibles and went to a distant place and I saw the image of him appear to me and his beard became stairs that went like this. And then all of a sudden I turned and I was on the stairs, like looking up at him. Whoa. I drew it down in a, in a book so I could uh, always remember the uh -oh. image. And I was like, thank God. And um, sometimes he comes to me in dreams and it's like always nice to see him, but I can't remember like the next day, like what you said, but it's great to um, have friends here. I know we're running out of time uh, to talk about him because it's like, sometimes I'm just alone with my thoughts with this stuff, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to let his memory die. You know what I mean? Like I'm always just going to do something for him like this because he would do the same for anybody else. He cared very much about his friends, you know, and uh, real respect, real, you know, oh. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't like put it any, any way else, you know? And like when he told me all those years, he's like, no nah, man, like my friends are my family, you know, like yeah. I didn't know then what it meant until I got older and then your friends kind of like fall by the wayside. You know what I mean? You have like certain friends that you carry with you through life. And then there's other people you can't even remember, like, you know, their, their last name or something, you know what I mean? Like, but he was one person that I think will continue on, you know, his legacy here in our lives and, you know, in our children's lives. Like my, my son, my son, Tyler knows who he is. Like that picture that you guys have in uh, your houses, like it's like right in like my drum room. So like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not gonna cry. Um, he when I drum he's behind me like so he's like right here you know like always with me so with that being said before I completely lose it uh <laughs> it's been a real pleasure to have you all here because it's like I feel more whole now you know I feel wholesome about this and like I feel the love I feel that Letterman love so thank you guys I appreciate it thank you for doing this yeah let's do it in person sometime when we all can again you know all right dude as soon as I get the shot of you right there you know what I mean I'm getting mine today Good for oh, you. Thanks. Um, first shot. Well, I wanted to we'll let you guys know. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, love to Letterman's family, uh, his friends on his 40th birthday. My name's Brian Letterman, and this has been another episode of Brian Cast. Love you, B. Love you. Love you guys. Happy 40th. Happy 40th, Brian.